The Red, The Tune, The Cat, Weather. A band of rain locally heavy and squally will gradually clear eastwards during this morning, becoming drier and brighter with some sunny spells developing in the afternoon. With a few well-scattered showers, temperatures are back to near normal. Winds are going to ease and the maximum temperature today is going to be about 8 Celsius. Tonight, further scatters, uh, further scattered showers overnight, locally heavy and turning wintry on the hills. Ooh. Some drier and clearer interludes in between the showers. It's going to be breezy and that frost restricted to higher ground or sheltered rural spots. A minimum temperature of minus 1 degrees. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Morning, everybody. I good said morning. good morning, everyone. Morning. Good morning, everybody. Your poor Daz. I can't believe really <laughs> yeah, your dad's made him come to work. I've got cold, but Daz... Both of you are sick. <laughs> Ted's not here, and I'm the only one sitting here in 34 degrees weather, sweating. I'm absolutely naked, boys. I'm revealing it oh. to you right now. I'm nude. I'm sitting here naked. naked. I was already feeling degrees rough, it is, lads. right? Yeah, I, I know, so. I know. I thought that would cheer you up. I know you guys would like that. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Northeast Brecky Show for another day today, Thursday the 22nd of February, I'm joined by Steve Wraith and Daz pushing all my buttons and oh, our always. buttons and their buttons. Uh, and we're both down with colds. So we're going to be we're going to be gentle on them today. And we're only going to talk about Dan Ashworth four times. OK, I promise. Uh, and then we'll get it out of the way. We've got a lot to talk about today, lads. Uh, a lot on the cards. Uh, and we've got, um, you know, and we've got no Ted, no Mackums, no Beely News, no uh, what's happening there. Uh, so we're going to have to fill in the blanks there for uh, for old Ted the Mackham. How are you, yeah. Steve? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. I think I think this is the problem when we, we, we're living in a country where the temperature's heading towards minus one. We're always going to pick things up. It was just starting to warm up. Everyone was coming yeah. into a false sense of security. Then bang, uh, back down to the, the, the temperature it should be. And I think that's why uh, everyone's feeling a bit rough and a bit roby. But uh, mm. never mind, we will crack on. Yeah, there's plenty to talk Plenty to talk about, mate. Uh, there is. To talk about. I know you've got some good this topics is. lined up. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about Daz. Oh yeah, and then he's got to then he's going to do the next show after this. And then he's got to do his own show as well. Yeah, 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 I know. Thank you. I mean, I'll, it's I'll his station. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. his station. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know yeah, what I mean. It's pretty, yeah, you know, come on, mate. Now, nah, well, look, well, just sit back, relax, Daz, and let my my voice tickle your eardrums today. Uh, all you need to do is just push the buttons. Uh, and just look after Steve and I. Make us look good in the edit, of course, as always. Of but course. let's kick it off. Let's kick it off, as always. We've got some club headlines. I know Ted has done some recording of one. Uh, we got Steve, obviously, doing the Newcastle ones. And some news out of Borough for your morning Thursday. Smoggies and Proud. Borough News. Good morning, you beautiful Borough fans. Middlesbrough have agreed to freeze season card prices for under-18s after continued discussions with supporter groups. Borough Chairman Steve Gibson and other senior members of the club held the latest meeting with supporter groups over the season card price rises, which were announced last week by the club. Discussions were said to be open and frank. I'm not sure who Frank is. The conclusion of this latest meeting is that the 
club has decided to freeze the under 18 season ticket prices with any supporters who've already purchased it due a refund and the club will be contacting them in due course. Match day prices for under 18s will also be reduced for the 24-25 season by £4 per ticket and it was agreed that going forward the process will involve greater consultation with MSF with regards to launch timings, communications and overall pricing structure. And Middlesbrough players have missed a combined total of 189 games so far this season. Can you believe it? With only nine players staying injury-free throughout the whole campaign up to this point. That is ridiculous, isn't it? A common theme across England's top two divisions with injuries up roughly 15 to 17% on average over the last five years. I have suffered as a result of of theirs. In 32 league games this season, there hasn't been a single game in which Michael Carrick has had a full quota of players to choose from. How's that? What? The amount of games missed works out to be an average of missing six players per game throughout the whole season. Wowie. And Manuel Pogates, a name so familiar with Borough fans, is set for a return to England and looking like he's going to be a coach under Tom Glasner, the new boss at Crystal Palace. Oh, Poggy's back in town. Look out, everybody. Imagine him on the sidelines. Can't wait for that. That's your Borough headlines. Good morning. Magpies and Proud. Mags News. Manchester United's new owner Sir Jim Ratcliffe has described Newcastle United's decision to place Dan Ashworth on garden and leave as absurd and their £20 million compensation demand as silly. Ratcliffe believes Ashworth is one of the top sporting directors in the world and has criticised Newcastle for their approach to negotiations so far. He said he's interested in Manchester United because it's the biggest challenge at the biggest club in the world. It would be different if Man City because you're maintaining a level. Here it's a significant rebuilding job. He'd be a very good addition. He needs to decide if he's going to make that jump. We've had words with Newcastle, who would be disappointed. They've done really well since their new ownership, and I understand why they'd be disappointed. But then you can't criticise Dan because it's a transient industry. You can understand why Dan would be interested because it's the ultimate challenge. We'll have to see how it unfolds. What I do think is, it's completely absurd, suggesting a man who is really good at his job sits in his garden for one and a half years. Emil Kraft insists Eddie Howe played a pivotal role in persuading him to stay at Newcastle for another year. The right-back has faced an uncertain future in recent months with his contract originally expiring at the end of this season. However, Kraft recently put pen to paper on a new St James's Park deal tying him down to another year on Tyneside. On Wednesday, saw Newcastle United under-18s play under the lights at Manchester City's impressive and expansive football academy, battling back from a two-goal deficit only to concede twice more in the closing stages. Former City starlet Alfie Harrison, who made an impressive debut, pulled one back after hitting the woodwork and Darren Palmer pulled the Magpies level. They should have took the lead through Brayson, but his goal-bound shot was blocked and goals from City's Muir and Warhurst sealed the points late on for the hosts. That's your Newcastle headlines on Thursday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning Sunderland fans, Will still wants to come home to England and while the Premier League is his dream, the highly rated Reims boss would be open to the idea of taking a job in the Championship, which of course is bound to prick the ears of the Sunderland leadership team. I would work for a Championship team without a problem. What I've now understood, I've now realised is how important people are and how important finding the right place to be is going to be for my career and people who understand the way I work because I'm a bit different, I'm a bit odd sometimes. I reckon you should fit in no bother than Will. 
Pierre Equar has occasionally come under criticism for some underwhelming performances this term. However, that hasn't stopped him from applauding the supporters and continuing to praise the club. Speaking to the Sunderland Echo about the fans, Ekwar said, Playing for them is brilliant. You can't really put it into words. All the time, when it's like 40,000, it was a surprise for me. Every game you're playing in front of 40,000 people, and I just find it crazy and so good. Finally, it's thought Jack Clark will be available for selection this weekend. Despite him playing most of the defeat of Birmingham City in discomfort due to a knock to the foot he suffered in the build-up to the opening goal of the game. There had been initial fears that the 15-goal winger could miss some of the action in the next few weeks. However, the Sunderland talisman will be certainly need to be fully fit if Sunderland are to mount a serious challenge for the playoffs this term. There are your Sunderland headlines this Thursday morning. From Wickham to Whitley Bay, Stony Gate to Shields, Doggy to Darlow Back Lane, Steve, Ted, and Rye. The Northeast Footy Breakfast. Right across the Northeast. The Red, the Tune, and the Cat. Welcome back to the Northeast Breaky Show. You are joined by Rye, Steve, and Daz. No Ted today, thank goodness. We told him to have the day off because we're just sick of hearing about Beal and Sunderland and everything going wrong uh, for them at their club. So we said, listen, mate, have a break. Just like we put uh, Dan Ashworth on gardening leave, we put Ted on gardening leave just for today. He'll be back tomorrow. Lads, we're going to talk about a lot of things coming up on the show this morning. We're going to talk about Borough releasing that statement regarding next season tickets and also that meeting that was held by Steve Gibson and the supporter groups. We're going to talk about Hull City. Uh, and Daz, this was a good one that you brought up about the owner uh, who's a sh- the owner of McVitie's, who's a shareholder for Hull City. Uh, is, uh, gave a little surprise for fans on the long trip midweek, which was quite a nice touch, Ooh, I thought. Uh, we've seen Tuchel being given to the end of the season, and then he'll be sacked at Bayern Munich. They will part ways. What has gone wrong for the England team? I mean Bayern Munich. See what I did there? Uh, and we got a funny one in Harry Kane. Did you know that? Did you know, lads? There's a statue made of Harry Kane that's been hidden in storage for years because no one can find a home for it. We'll talk more about that later on <laughs> really? as well. That's a classic. Yeah, Dean Lewington has surpassed 900 appearances for MK Dons. How's that for some some wow. football for one club as well? 900 appearances for one club. Uh, and Tom Lockyer saying that he's going to be putting his family considerations first before any decision on possible comeback after that cardiac arrest he, cardiac arrest, sorry, he had against Bournemouth. Uh, we're going to talk about Sheffield United and Chris Wilder because that's always good for a laugh. That yes. and a lot more coming up on the more Northeast Brecky show this morning. Lads, let's kick it off with Borough releasing the statement about the season ticket prices. This is something that I got a thousand, and I mean a thousand DMs about. I've been in constant cahoots with a lot of people. I have to be... I don't. It's not being careful. It's just I. I want to be respectful uh, when I talk about this. Obviously, yeah. it doesn't affect me. Uh, I'm in Australia. I don't pay for a season ticket. I pay for like the, the Borough Live. But you know, so I, I feel for the supporters, but I also feel for the club. You know, I love both. You know, both sets obviously there. So it's something that 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 I think I'm I'm so far away from yeah, and 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 not evolved with that. I feel like I can't comment on either way. So I I, I choose to be sort of. Switzerland in this one, unfortunately. But as we saw by releasing a statement regarding next season ticket yeah. prices, uh, they have decided uh, after Steve Gibson and some senior members of the club uh, held the meeting that they would be redu- freezing sorry, the under-18 season ticket prices and any supporters who have purchased it will be due a refund and the club will obviously be contacting them due course. 
They also said match day prices for under 18s will be reduced for the 24-25 season by £4 per ticket. Uh, they've also agreed that they will have better consultation with MSF, which is Middlesbrough Supporters Forum, in regards to the launch timings, communications, and overall pricing structure. Dazzy, my Borough boy, yeah. uh, is that a good move by Borough? Obviously, you're a season ticket holder yourself. Is that yeah. done enough to, to make you a little bit happier? Um, I, I, I think what happened at the meeting um, is, is probably what I expected. Um, Steve, from what I understand, went to the meeting and said, look, this is how it is. You know, laid everything out on the line and said, look, you know, we're, we're not taking the mickey here. Um, you know, as a club, um, we need to do this to help us continue moving forward. The season ticket prices, by all accounts, uh, pay for the running of the Riverside um, and the maintenance of the Riverside. Everything else has got to come from corporate and has got to come from Steve. Um, So I wasn't really expecting anything else other than, I mean, I wasn't really expecting them to them to freeze the under 18s um, which is you know a great move that's the future of the club um, you know etc um, but no I, I, I didn't really, really think that that, it, that that Steve would be in a position to do anything else really other than mm. other than say look this is just how it is guys and, and I'm sorry and, he, and you know and I generally believe he is you know he is sorry and and the, the problem is is you know and, and I think in those fan groups Everyone's got an opinion. Uh, you know, why not get rid of the free drinks? Why not do this? Why not do that? Why not do this? Um, and I do think that the club will have thought about all those things uh, before putting this together. I think the biggest PR thing that they've, you know, disaster that they've made is they should have signposted this earlier, that this was coming earlier. They'd met with fan groups the week before they announced it. Um, the the whole early bird thing having a, a very short window uh, I think took a lot of people by surprise as well um, you know it's a time when we need to support our club and unfortunately for many of us that means that you know we might be priced out of it and we can't afford to do it um, and and it looks like you know we've we've sat down as a family and looked at it um, you know and, and that we might lose one ticket out of our family this year because of that. That's yep. that's just how it is. We understand that, um, you know. As I'm sure Steve understands the position that the the Joe blogs on the street is in as well. That yeah, yeah. you know times are hard. Um, so <clears throat> I didn't really think there'd be any other outcome. I think what has happened and what does concern me is how this has fractured the relationship between the fans and the club. Um, mm. And and that's a you know that's a concern for me. Uh, about what what happens next, um, yeah. you know. I think you know Steve was made very clear some of the feelings uh, of the fans the other night, and and yeah. you know we don't always get opportunities to do that as fans, do we? But I think you know I think Steve got a bit of a, a awakening the other night. It's not a no, not an awakening. Mm. I think he got a shock at the, the yeah. level of response from some of the fan groups, um, mm. and and I'm not sure that's that damage will be repaired that easily moving forward which mm. which I think is the biggest concern for me yeah no, that's a good point do, uh, do you think he could uh, do you think he could you know pick up his pick up his old troubles and his old kid bag and and do one then do you think it's come to that kind of stage or not or? I, I I mean I don't know Steve I, I, um, I, I know he's not 
happy. I know the club are not happy with the way things have been, um, you know, dealt with. Um, the communications that, are, that have gone out between fans. Um, you know, the club have traditionally had a really good relationship with fan groups and have been really open and have had regular meetings um, with with officials, with with Neil Bowser, with uh, Steve Gibson, with the manager. Um, you know, they've they've been transparent and. I, um, I, I just, I, I just think Steve is Steve will be absolutely fed up at this point, because and and wouldn't you be? He's he's putting you know a good chunk of his wealth into this club uh, that he loves, that he saved, uh, you know, along with with the you know the the the, the group that saved the, the club um, in '86. You know, he he's he is this club through and through, and I think for him to be so fed up to walk away from it. Is, is a really really sad situation and I know because we've all seen it we've all seen it on social media you know get Gibbo out you know let's let's look for new owners and you know we've got to be careful what we wish for yeah they're not wrong you know uh, you know as any manager and or you know anybody will say we've got one of the best chairman there uh, yep. across the uh, the leagues that's been said for years you know he puts a lot of his personal Money in, he converts the debt. Yep. Um, you know, he he does all the if things. Manages time yep. as well in yep. jobs. Doesn't quickly sack them. And and yep. you know, I think he'd be the first one to say, yeah, I've made mistakes. Um, you know, along the way, but his heart is absolutely in in. You know, it, it's 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 his heart is the club. Um, yeah. And I I think if he does walk away, I think it'll be a really really sad day. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if this whole event over the last couple of weeks has put a major dent um, in his, you know, in, in his relationship with the fans. Mm. Steve, um, I was talking of, to someone about this just via messaging, uh, and I, I, it was made me think of you a fair bit in terms of what I've been seeing from your social media uh, with Newcastle United, saying that there's a bit of a newer fan base that Newcastle brought in, maybe a younger generation, and I think it's. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how to put it, but I, I think it's it's understandably a younger generation that doesn't understand maybe what the club has been through, and I think it's some in some ways a case here at Middlesbrough as well, because those were, that weren't around in the '90s or you know the Ayrson Park, you know, wouldn't understand what Steve has done for Middlesbrough and the area and the club, where the the older generation would, much like yourself, knowing what Newcastle have been through under Mike Ashley and even prior to that where this newer sort of generation wouldn't really understand that or connect with that. Maybe they might know about it, but they certainly wouldn't have connected the way you have. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, young fans coming through don't know the history, don't know what we've been through, and yet it it is going to be completely different um, for for people of a different age. Obviously, as well, people who were older have, you know, maybe you know, maybe got money, you know, put away, or you know, they, they, they manage their finances a bit a bit better than a younger person may do, or you know, they, they could be retired and relying on their pension. So it's at the end of the day, yeah, it, it is it is different. I mean, we've had battles with um, with previous owners over ticket prices. We had we had the much maligned bond scheme where basically you know freddie fletcher decided to to say to people that they could pay you know a a bond which would last x amount of years and you'd pay you know that would be your seat for life 
I mean, in theory, it, it wasn't because if you couldn't afford your season ticket, you lost you lost it. You know what I mean? And you lost the money that you put in for the bond. But the big problem was with that was that you um, you were displacing fans. You were moving fans from a seat which was preferable to them, which was a good view of the game, and moving them for corporate people. And that's that's an issue that Newcastle's going to come. You know, come with you know again. I mean, we've already seen it. We've seen we've seen people displaced in the ground since you know the Saudi takeover. We've seen people moved from their seats and and you know moved up to a higher a higher seat in the ground because they've they've created different corporate areas and that's only going to get worse. I've I've heard you know rumours um, and I'll stipulate the rumours at the moment. Nothing confirmed, but I've heard, for example, that the eighty ninety two club next season at Newcastle, which is a at the moment it's an area where you know it's it's reasonably priced it's it's got its own bar etc and you know you you get a little bit of entertainment with the next player but i've heard that potentially could be um more of a corporate area next season if if that's the case then however many people have got tickets for there was is it 1500 is it 2000 those people are going to be those people are going to have to be moved again so it's it's a tenuous issue. Tickets are a, tickets are an emotional issue as far as supporters are concerned. People are always going to get annoyed, um, and you know if if they get moved and and and, and if the ticket prices are going to go up. So it, unfortunately, it's, it's part and parcel of it. I mean, I get where Steve Gibson's coming from. He's he's quite unique as far as football club owners are concerned in the sense that he's a he's a fan. Um, you know, a bit like Bill Kenwright was, God bless him at Everton. Um, so he's emotionally connected to the club, which you know we find that some owners aren't. Um, some owners aren't com- uh, emotionally connected, and some of them aren't, don't even understand football. You know, in in this country, they don't understand the emotional connection be- between supporters. They don't see the relevance of supporters. But Steve Gibson's the polar opposite to that. He's a he's a local lad, done good. He's he's put his money where his mouth is, and he's supported the club for for decades. So. You know, it will hurt him when you know supporters are saying things like "get Gibson out." I mean, that's that's ludicrous. Um, you know, be careful what you wish for is what Dad said before. Yeah, he's a hundred percent right. Um, you know, I think I've said I've said on numerous interviews and you know and, and on on our and UFC Matters podcast in the past when when before our takeover you know you you would you would die to have a new one like Steve Gibson who's a who's a supporter who will do everything he can to do things correctly and and, and do things right um so yeah look it's you know the, the fans you know I think should give should give Gibson a break he, you know he's he's coming he's coming met the supporters and you know he's clearly clearly not what and not liked what he's heard um you know I think the supporters need to go back, sit and think about what what has been said at that meeting, and maybe try and pave the way back to communicate with Gibson, and and get you know get get you know get him back on side because you, mm. you just don't want you just don't want to lose him, you know takeovers and, and and new owners you know aren't always aren't always the right always aren't always the right thing uh, for a football club and but you'd be better you're better off with what you know Gibson's not done much wrong um, you know and. You know, I just think I just think keep him on side, right? Keep him on side. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. I think Steve Gibson's one of the most fantastic chairmen uh, in the world, and, and and runs our club fantastically. Always given you know uh, the best support you ever, and he gives managers time. He's not one of you know he he doesn't sack them after twelve games. Uh, you know, and we've seen that just recently. So I I just I think it is a it is a case of be careful what you wish for for sure in, in what he's done. 
And um, I hope it's not a younger generation that sort of doesn't understand what he's done for us, Daz. Yeah, 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 me too. And I, I just, I don't know what those fan groups expected the other night, uh, other than what they got, which was a very honest chairman coming out and saying, look, this is just how it is. Yeah. You know, I could cut the tickets, but it would mean X, Y, and Z, and as a club, we would suffer. Yeah. Um, yep. So, I don't know. It, it it feels like there's a little bit of stalemate there. Um, mm. You know, and, and looking at the Red Faction's uh, post yesterday, um, I don't know. I don't know if that has helped things. Um, mm. But, you know, they're saying that if nothing's achieved before the Norwich game, the protest will go ahead. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know how much support they've got from the other fan groups to, yeah. to do that um it, it's Can a hard so does yeah because i'm because i'm so far away it's, it's hard for me to gauge on this obviously i have social media and i mean and i've got the presence on there obviously from that but i mean was there a i mean i feel like there was the average supporter as in someone that's not uh part of this you know the supporters group mm. they were upset with the increase right i think that was there was mm. like wow that's a bit more expensive yeah but in no way thought to boycott the club in any way would, would that be an accurate description of, of the average sort of supporters you know review of that yeah I think you know like, and they kind of understood why yeah and from looking at you know the messages that we got on social media media uh, at, at the red um, and you know trying to, to gauge you know we've had a couple of phone-ins here as well uh, over the last couple of weeks Andy Campbell's show um, mm -hmm. Bernie's show on a Monday the three legends show, um, you know, where we've we've tried to sort of gauge how fans are feeling, um, mm. and uh, you know, we're, we're, I'll have to generalise. I think on the whole, a lot of the fans that we spoke to were like, "Yeah, this is just how it is, and we get it." Yeah. And either as a fan, I have to dig deep and make decisions myself, um, yep. or or I go, "Do you know what? I can't do it this year." Um, yep. And that's that's tough for fans. That's that's that is tough. Yeah, of course, yeah. But I think the the majority get that. Um, yeah. You know, and there's been a lot of talk, hasn't there? You know, how come how come we're the mo one of the most expensive, even in, across the yeah. Premier League? You know, how come other Championship clubs? Um, how come they don't? You know, have the the, the charges that we are, and they seem to be doing yeah. okay. You know, I, I've heard um, uh, rather a lot of times this week the whole Bundesliga. Um, yeah. You know, is it buying the uh, hundred and something their season tickets? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, you know, so many clubs have different corporate structures and have you know different ownership, and everybody is you know trying to to fight with the FFP uh, restrictions. And Steve yeah. is trying to do it right. You know, he's trying yeah. to do. It, right, I, I don't believe he's doing this to rip off fans. I really do not. No, I think no. it's just where we're at, and unfortunately, for us fans, that's we're in a position where we've got to uh, make a difficult decision. Um, yeah. And and yeah. to be, to, was it fair to say that potentially it could have been expected for a lot more clubs as well, uh, not only Borough because of COVID. I mean, COVID put a massive dint in lots yeah. of financial plans. You know, in a five-year plan. No, was it, no one was expecting that there would be no fans for a certain amount of weeks due to COVID. Do you know what I mean? So I wonder if there's any sort of recovery. I mean, we've just had it here in Australia. And the reason I bring it up is uh, my AFL clubs just put their season ticket high, uh, prices higher. We've seen a land tax now. So if you're a, you're a homeowner, we've we've never had to pay land taxes. Where now the government's now saying due to COVID and having a recovery debt, uh, we're having to pay land tax and stuff like that. So 
I wonder if, I mean, we don't know, do we, behind the scenes of, of how much that sort of financially, you know, did did hurt clubs. And we, we, we've spoken about it a bit. And I know Steve's spoken to, to Ted about it. And, and with Sunderland, he, you know, he thought Sunderland were on the brink, you know, coming out of not having fans and all that sort of stuff. So we don't know how close some some teams might have gone to that as well. So, look, I, 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 it's, it's, it's sad to see a relationship break down from me on the outside looking yeah, in. Me too. Um, and I feel for the fans and I feel for the club. Um, and it's something that doesn't affect me, so it's not something I'm going to, you know, get on a high horse about. But I just, I just think for me, it's an overall feeling of sadness because it just feels like it's a bit of a relationship breakdown, and you'd never want that between club and fan bases at, at all. No, so, and, and, let's, and you let, seem to see. Let, yeah. Let's think about this as well. You know, if I know, I know, we had the brilliant win at the the weekend at Leicester, but we'd, yeah. we'd been on a poor run which I don't yeah. think has helped the situation. You know, fans no, were, no. you know, there, there was there was not that no. feel-good factor we had a couple of months no. ago. There was, you know, there was a little bit of fed up, you know, we've written the season off uh, from many quarters. And I don't think that whole sort of negativity around the place helped with this. Um, but, you know, as, as, as a chairman, you know, and, and as fan groups, we've got to move forward. You know, yeah, it, it yeah. you know, it it's it that's this this is the position we're in. We've got some tough yep. decisions to make. Let's but not doubt the fact though that Steve Gibson has had some very difficult decisions to make as well. Um yep. Yep. and you know, we do yep. what we do what we do. We support the club yep. and uh, we move exactly. on. Couldn't said it better myself. Well, lads, it is time already for the sports headlines. We have hit seven thirty AM here on the Northeast Breakfast Show. We will be back after these headlines with much more to come. Together across the northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. Welcome back to the Northeast Brecky Show. You are joined by Steve, Rye, and Daz. No Ted today. We get put him on gardening leave. We're going to talk next <laughs> about Hull City, uh, Hull City shareholder, who is also the owner of McVitie's. Now, obviously, McVitie's a popular uh, company in the. British Isle. I do not have McVitie's down here in Australia. We have Arnott's. Uh, you are, I'm sure both of you might be familiar with Tim Tams. I'm sure I could bring you a sneakier packet or two when I come across. But uh, McVitie's have surprised fans for a long trip midweek, giving Hull fans a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a thank you, I should say. Uh, now, obviously, McVitie's is one of the major sponsors now, and obviously one of the owners is a shareholder. But they gave uh, a, a packet of cheddar biscuits, uh, a packet of wafer biscuits and a packet of digestives and said 500 miles on a Tuesday night to support the Tigers. You are amazing. Thank you for your incredible support. Now, Steve, you're no uh, you're no stranger to being uh, given treats <laughs> on going to an away game. Uh, obviously, your recent trip to a derby, uh, they dressed up the bar for you. They uh, gave you free uh, gave they opened the bar up and gave it free alcohol out of the bar. So uh, I guess it's just you know time that Hull turned around and did the same thing yeah my first reaction when I heard the story was crumbs um, hey. you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah look it's it, it, yeah it, it is nice when football clubs recognize the fact that you know supporters are going you know on, on journeys you know, to support them and no matter what it is you know whether it's you know whether it's a free you know a free scarf whether it's a, a you know biscuits whether it's a, a pint you know you know for, for a supporter when they go to the home game whatever it is it's nice to get something for nothing um and and i 
I think you know if, if a football club can afford it, then why not? It's uh, and, and you know it's it's good publicity, I guess, for McVitie's as well. You know they've yes, they've, they've, done they've, well. they've they've come out of this with um, you know probably you know probably a, a lot more advertising than they expected because it's you know we're talking about it in the northeast. Um, and it, yeah, it's 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 a smart market move for for the football club and for McVitie's. But yeah, it's it's a nice gesture and. I think, you know, we we talk about kickoff times and stuff like that, and the, the ludicrous times that we, you know, we have to get on get on a bus in the morning and travel to somewhere, and you know, go to go to away games where, you know, there's no transportation, you know, no trains back, and you know, you've you've, you've literally got no option, bus or the car or, or stay over. Um, so yeah, it, it it is a feel good factor story, um, and and you know, fair play to whole city for doing it. They're uh, you know they they've got some good PR out of it, right? It's a good move, it's a smart move, and um, yeah, following in the footsteps of, of, of you know Sunderland, as you say, that was nice of them to, 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 to give us the Black Cats bar and you know give us some free beer and chocolates as we left the ground. Yeah, don't forget the chocolates. Uh, don't forget the chocolates. It still hurts. Yeah. Them. I bumped into a Sunderland fan yesterday who um, who was uh, you know who was it was still. Good going on about the black cat bar and he says I will never drink in that bar again. I will never get a ticket for that bar and they aren't happy about that well. they aren't happy about that but it's no look it, 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 it's a nice gesture I mean Leicester City I, I guess probably were the, the team that you, you think of in recent years who've really gone above and beyond I mean the you know the owner who sadly passed away in the, in that uh, devastating helicopter crash was was was, yeah. was, was, was that almost like a, a front runner and doing stuff for the supporters you know he, you know he he, he he was the one who gave a, a, a free pint to you know thousands of people in the ground. You know, a free yeah. drink for everybody who turned up, and you know, free scarves, free rattles, you name it. You know, he, he was, he was, he was, he was at the top of the curve as far as you know being a generous owner was concerned. So, it's you know, it's nice to see. It's nice to see, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, football supporters, you know, are you know do get the raw end of the deal, are treated like secondary citizens by by most of the football clubs. Um, so it's nice to see a, a positive news story about a club going above and beyond. So well done, Hull. Yeah. What's the nicest thing you've ever gotten, Daz, uh, on an away trip or even a home trip or just from a club? Have you ever been given a gift or? Have they ever dressed up a bar for you on your arrival, mate? <laughs> no, I can't think of anything like that. Um, uh, or, or for away fans, I think. I think the you know one of the the, the, the things that that we still have and um, and we use every game that we go to is is the free drink. Um, you know, if you've been a season ticket holder for a, a certain length of time, uh, you're entitled to a free drink on match day. Now, you know that that will cost very little. To the club, you know, in, in terms of the the, the beer and, and you know what they're buying it in for and the drinks and everything and the, the markup they have, it it will cost them very little. So that's that's a, I think that's still a nice gesture uh, that the club do. Um, and I'm just surprised more clubs don't do this because you know as as much this is a lovely lovely thing for for the hull to do, um, but they've also got. You know, quite a lot of publicity for McVitie's. You know, in terms mm -hmm. of uh, advertising. Um, you know, like you said, we're talking about it. You know, they'll be talking about it all over the country um, about what yep. a lovely thing it is to do. Um, and I'm, I'm just surprised it doesn't happen more often uh, with clubs. Yep. You know, particularly through their sponsors, particularly through their partners that they're working with, to say, hey, look, you know, there's there's a good bit of PR here and a good bit of uh, marketing for your company. Uh, why don't we do something, put something together? Because, you know, it, fans 
fans love that. <laughs> you know, the whole fans yeah. will be loving that. Um, you know, and, and they're 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 in a good position in the league, aren't they? They they're doing well. It's a it's another thing that just sort of where the club are just wrapping their arms around the fans and going, come on, here we go, one big push, yeah. um, and creates a nice feel about it. And yeah, it just it's another reminder about what's happened this week and how fractious you know our fans and club <laughs> relationship is. But um, no, let, let's let's have more of this stuff. Uh, come on, club yeah. owners, come on, clubs, uh, up and down the country. Uh, we know times are hard. We know people are struggling, uh, but you know little things like this, and you know a packet of cheddars and some digestives. Mm. How here? That's not you know for what they've gained in yeah. in marketing. Um, you know I, that's surely not costing them very much, um, uh. but it's, it's delivering a huge amount of goodwill. Um, yeah. Can I just just no, just before we, we do, just move on on this? Um, a couple of WhatsApps in this morning, as always. As always, you can WhatsApp the show on oh double three or oh four three two thousand and two. We love to hear from you. Um, and a couple in this morning, uh, Barry, who's uh, he's a Johnny fan, isn't he? Morning, yeah. Um, he's got. He said there's a new owner interested in Borough, a, a one and only Mike Ashley is looking to buy the club. <laughs> then you will know how good a chairman Steve Gibson is. Um, Never a true word. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank. Cheers for that. Barry um, and uh, yeah um, who's this from I'm just trying to look out here this is from Sean uh, hats off to the Heeds put free food on for the travelling Eastley fans a great gesture yeah stuff like that you know um, mm. you know just it's 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 little those little gestures that don't cost a lot that just they, start, yeah. I th- they go a long way don't they yeah, yeah no, it is. It's it, amazing. It's it's amazing that you know that a lot more clubs don't do it. I mean, just just for the PR alone, yeah. you know, it you know it, it it does it does go a long way. Um, but yeah, well you know well, well done to hold the the, the the there'll be lots of stories. There'll be lots of stories about this. I mean, when when you know when there's you know a game where they've let the fans down and people have given free travel and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we've seen we've seen stories like that as well, haven't we, over the over the years? But yeah, it's. It's good. It 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 it's a good thing to do. Um, and like I say, you you gain. It's it's like in life. Sometimes you gain more from giving something away for free than you do charging somebody for it. And it's it's always worth it's always worth thinking about that. Yeah. Tell you what, uh, I've just had a look at Seller. Obviously, the shirt major search sponsor of Newcastle United company, specialising in experiences, events, and destinations in Saudi Arabia. Tell you what, they could hook up a few Newcastle fans there, Stevie boy. Imagine that, hey. That would, that would trump them. St- I don't know, think we've stick seen, your digestives I, up. We're all off to Saudi for a free trip <laughs> on a weekend or something. I don't, think, I don't think we've seen the full the full you know benefits of of sellers' involvement with the club um, mm. uh, or Adidas uh, to be honest. And I think that's I think it's been a very slow a slow start by both. I think once the stack opens up, you know this time. You know, but by the time the new season comes, the stack will be will be fully operational behind the ground. I mean, yeah. I've, you know, obviously, I walk up to the ground every home game, and um, the, the area where the stack is going to be is huge. You don't you don't realise how big an area that's going to be. That's going to be, and that's going yeah. to be open seven days a week. So you know, wow. you're going to have. You're going to have something there which 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 people will be drawn to. People will be drawn to the yeah. ground, not just once every two weeks when there's a game on, but they'll be drawn up towards the ground, 
you know their hope in seven days a week so i think we'll see seller gradually doing more stuff and, and giving you know giving fans the opportunity to do stuff so uh, yeah mm. I, you know i think you know i think i think there will be tie-ins and i think that i think the same will be said for adidas i think there'll be i think there'll be exciting things it's 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 I've been to these stack venues before. I've got to be honest. It's not my cup of tea. Um, standing outside places with a heater or heater on. I think it'll be great in the summer. I think it'll be a great place to be in the summer. Um, could I see myself standing there in you know October November with a cold as bad as Daz's? Definitely uh-huh. not. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's not for me. But look, it's great. It's something which is going to bring commercial revenue into the football club. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, getting back to the point, you know, of the topic, it, it'll give people an opportunity. It'll, you know, it, you know, there'll, there'll be opportunities. I'm sure for people to win. Maybe yeah. a trip to Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I don't. I don't know, right? But, um, but yeah, I get where you're coming from. Well, I'm just hoping for a private jet out of the whole thing, Steve, so I can fly back and forth to Middlesbrough. So if anyone's listening and you want to sponsor the Northeast Brecky Show, i.e. you're an airport or a uh, an airline company, please get in touch. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And you will. Uh, it's, all it is is one private jet, Australia to Middlesbrough, fully fueled once per week. I mean, that's that's not. we're not asking that much. It's got a rent to it, guys. The Northeast for your breakfast <laughs> in association with Qantas. Um, yeah, oh, imagine. <laughs> Come on, Qantas, you big kangaroo. Sort it out for us, all right? Tell ya. Lads, let's talk about in the next 15 minutes. We'll move on from that. Great little uh, McVitie's and Seller comp uh, there. Uh, Manchester United. And we've got to bring them up because they just always like to stick their nose in it. So, Jim Ratcliffe's 1.25 million, sorry, pound, billion dollar pound deal for 27.7% stake is completed. The British billionaire's investment is worth about 1.6 billion pound. The Glazer family who have owned the 20 time English champions since 2005 will retain a majority stake in the club, but Ratcliffe's Ineos group will take control of all football operations. Ratcliffe came out and said that uh, it marks the completion of the transaction, but it's just the beginning of our journey to take Manchester United back to the top of English European and world-class football. With world-class facilities for fans, we will now work to achieve those objectives and they accelerate from today. We've obviously seen plans in place already with the move for Dan Ashworth. They are also making the move for a Southampton uh, CEO as well. Uh, We saw Ratcliffe in the stands uh, just recently as well, frequently visiting Old Trafford. He had Sir Alex Ferguson next to him, saying that it's time to take down those enemies in Liverpool and Manchester City trying to put Manchester United back where they belong. Steve, big words uh, from the new uh, part owner of Manchester United. We've spoken a lot about his plans. Does it give Manchester United fans a sense of, wow, you know, it's going to be a big few years? Or do you think they sort of, and or is it, I mean, the outside fans from us seem to look in and, you know, have the bit of the rose-tinted glasses on. I think the um I think the interview was interesting. Um first of all, something that me and the guys, Mitch and Stu on NUFC Matters have said probably for the past two years is that uh, the, the the fake shake was indeed the fake shake. Um he went into detail about mm-hmm. that saying I don't think there's anyone ever seen him as he real person. He's never seen him that's something we'd said it was a, it was you know we, we knew that Manchester United were being led down the garden path because the, the two guys that that I work with Neil Neil Mitchell and Stu Penman are both in the Middle East and the work you know one one lives and works in 
Dubai, one lives and works in Bahrain, and they had said that, that this was just pie in the sky. As as for the interview, um, obviously I was focusing on on what he was saying about Ashworth. Um, quite derogatory terms, he spoke um, about my football club, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah he um, did. You know, calling it, you know, calling us names essentially in the way that he that he put across his views on it. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, Newcastle, um, you know, tried to get Jesse Lingard, if you remember, in the transfer window on loan uh, when um, when 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 it was when it was January last year, wasn't it? When we were trying to sign sign somebody, we'd, we'd gone from in we'd gone from in the summer. We tried to get him in the January, um, and we were quoted fifty million pound loan fee. Um, so you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna play silly beggars with with football players, we'll do the same with our director of football. Thanks very much, especially when it's you know, especially when you know in the in the terms and conditions, you know, that's exactly what that's exactly what we're due and what we're owed. So I think very derogatory towards Newcastle United, which I couldn't I couldn't understand. Um, trying to play it to the, the the Manchester United masses, possibly. possibly. Yeah. He's he's living he's living in a dream world if he thinks he's going to be taken, um, you know you know taken over from Manchester City and Liverpool in the space of a few years, you know Manchester United have got massive debt, um, and and this guy isn't isn't a hundred percent shareholder he's a twenty five percent shareholder mm-hmm. and 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 until until he gets rid of the Glazers and until the Glazers decide that they're going to leave Manchester United, they're never going to he's never going to be able to make wholesale decisions so. I found the whole thing very strange. I found it borderline narcissistic because you know he, he clearly likes the publicity and likes to be about him. It reminded me so much of Mike Ashley. It reminded me so much about somebody who I hadn't really heard a great deal about, don't really see a great deal of in the media, and then suddenly he's he's, he's front front and centre, and you know saying this that and the other. So. I, I, I don't know whether this is a great move for Manchester United. I really don't. In the long term, if he does manage to take over and the, the and, and Ratcliffe takes over from you know uh, you know takes over from the Glazers, then you know it's a different ball game then, and, and he may get the opportunity to, to do what he wants. But at the moment, what can you really do with twenty five percent shareholding? You can have a say. You can block things. I guess you can you can certainly you can certainly put the cat amongst the pigeons with various decisions. But I just thought it was. Uh, it was all about him, and and he was saying a lot of things the fans wanted to hear. And you know, I guess what the Manchester United fans will need to see is they'll need to see you know they'll need to see action, not words. You know, they've got a stadium that's fallen to bits. He needs to put money into that. You know, the price the the the, the price tag that was you know tied around that which we spoke about on the show was you know what what he was talking about putting in and what Sheikh Jazim was talking about putting in uh, were, were miles apart and. You know, if he's got to, if he's got to spend money on that, um, you know, there's not going to be a vast amount left for for you know for, for money to spend in the transfer market. So, I just think the whole thing is, I think the whole thing is for sure. I think the whole thing was about him, and I'm not 100 percent sure where we'll where where we'll go with this and where they'll go with this. I'm glad it's not us. I'm glad it's not Newcastle United. At, at least mm. the only thing that's hampering Newcastle is financial fair play, and 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 we will catch yeah. up. We will change that with the investments that we've got coming in. But. Um, yeah, if I was a Manchester United fan, I'd be I'd, I'd be very wary of what uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe's bringing. I would be. Yeah, I mean, as how do you feel about the whole takeover? I, I just think it's it's a very very bizarre situation. Uh, as as Steve said, this guy's got twenty five percent or so, um, but they've been apparently, in, by all accounts, Ineos will will take control of football operations for how long? 
you know, if things don't start mm-hmm. to improve, you know, this guy's only got 25%. You know, the company's only got 25%. The Glazers have still got a huge stake in this club. Um, and I can just see this going sour uh, at some point down the line. I just, I just don't see how this is going to work. Um, you know, and 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 for it, as for his interview yesterday, coming out and you know uh, slagging off the, the the rivals, you know having a go at City, having a a pop at um, a Newcastle, um, I, I just felt it put a bad taste in my mouth. And I don't know what you can you know mm. well, you know what he's doing. He's trying to position himself yeah. with the fans. Look at us, you know. We're we're going the right way about things. We're not going like the other clubs. Um, you know, stick with us. But I, you know, I, I felt like sticking fingers up with him. Never mind sticking with him. Um, and and I, you know, I didn't like what he said about uh, the whole Dan Ashwood thing as well. Um, you know, what what does he expect there? Right? There's a guy who has got all of Newcastle's. You know, inner secrets, inner transfer targets. You know, the budgets, everything. Um, to just from walk from there into Man United to one of the the rivals, uh, and everything be all right. Mm. Did he really think that that would actually be okay? He clearly did. Professionalism. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and how many times have we said this about uh, you know people who've got the sort of money he's got? There's not many people around him that I would imagine that would say no to him. Um, yeah. You know, and and that's uh, yeah. I don't know. I I just I wasn't re- impressed yesterday um, when I saw the the piece with him. Um, uh, you know, for him to get Man United back to where he thinks they should be, you know, back to the Ferguson days, um, it's it's gonna take one and you know the stadium and 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 everything else and the, the sorting out the issues with the team, you know, that are clearly still there. Do you see that clip of Rashford um, the other yes. night? Um, where, yes. uh, um, who was it? It was running rings around him. You know, there's, there's clearly so much. And if, if Ineos yeah. had taken control of football operations, by God, they've got some work to do. And it's going to be a yeah. long, long time, if ever, before they get anywhere near back to, uh, to the Fergie days. Well, it was interesting to hear him talk about that. And when he first started doing the interview, he said, obviously, the takeover is now completed. That's that out of the way. And now they accelerate from here on in. Now, obviously, that for me drives this sort of thought process from him that is going to happen quickly. Now, I can understand that I think a lot of stuff off field will probably happen quickly. Obviously, they've made a move for Dan Ashworth. They've lined up this Southampton guy now talking about going for a uh, head of recruitment somewhere else as well to help Dan Ashworth out. So they're trying to get it sorted and accelerate it quickly off the field. But my goodness, that doesn't help them on the field, does it? I mean, Dan Ashworth, that, like Steve said, Dan Ashworth, Dan Ashworth sorry, is not going to you know strap his boots on and go and score six goals this weekend. Do you know what I mean? They've still got the current squad to deal with. And that current squad is nowhere near it. We've seen that. You know, obviously they're doing okay now. You know, it was, you know, around the fifth or sixth, but they have got a long, long way to go in terms of regular put it, regularly putting up strong performances week in, week out in the Premier League, like a Liverpool, like a Man City. Uh, and we've seen them, you know, dropping way too many points. Now, is Ten Hag the man that they might, you know, let go in the summer? Is that one of his football operation decisions then? Then maybe, then maybe he's accelerating it. You know, he's not going to talk about that now, though, is he? When Ten Hag's potentially got, yeah. you know, a few more important games towards the end of the season but 
Yeah, it's 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 all well and good to accelerate stuff off the field. I just don't know how that affects Man United on the field when they've still got so much work to do. I mean, they're obviously going to have to sort out Mason Greenwood. I mean, that's he's you know he's still a Man United player. You're going to have to sort out Jaden Sancho. He's a Man United player coming back. You're going to have to figure out Anthony as well, Marcus Rashford. The list goes on with them uh, in, in terms of the players that they're going to have to either clear out or, or sort out, uh, and then you know make a real push and then. When are they? Where are they going to go for recruitment? You know, I mean, there's not like Holland or anything's growing on trees anymore, and they've still got to battle the Liverpool's and Man City's to try and convince some of these players to come to Man United. You, you know, of course, money talks, but it doesn't always buy you a good player. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's one to watch from us, I think. Obviously, would you know, just general football fans, but it's interesting to see a club like Man United now and. Uh, yeah, we just we'll see what happens uh, with Man United and what Ratcliffe's effect does have uh, on them as a whole. Yeah, I mean he said. Right, lads, we are. Oh, go, on. go on, go on. Sorry, you go, Des. No, you go. No, I was just going to. No, just I was going to change subjects, so you wrap it up. Yeah, I was just going to say. You know, I'm just looking at the quarter here. He said we're a long way behind. Um, City and, and Liverpool and it's not going to change tomorrow people unfortunately need mm. to give us time to get back it will be two or three seasons patience is needed spending money lavishly in the summer is not the solution it's much more complicated than that yeah, absolutely it is but it's you know it's been 11 years now since Fergie gone uh, Fergie went yeah. and you know they are still clearly uh, a weakened side to what they used to be but a weakened club um, and yeah. I think for him to think that that's going to happen in two to three years, he's living in dreamland, <laughs> isn't he? Isn't he? Um, well, he is. I mean, that's a few big summer windows and, and January. I mean, that's massive. To turn it around in two to three years, I mean, you would argue it's a good, what, four to five windows potentially to, to revamp your squad. I mean, it, I don't think you can get it done in one window at these days anymore. For decent players, that yeah. is. Yeah. You know, and, and so you got to wait for contracts to be expired and everything like that. And you, you've just mentioned half a dozen names there, Ray, of of people who are who are there now that have got issues with, um, you know, recruitment hasn't been great, has it? Um, no. And you know, is is Ten Hag the man? You know, that's 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 the other big question around this. You know, obviously Radcliffe's going to back him for now, and um, mm. but but who could come in there and do that? Who could come in there? He's, he's, done, well. I mean, he's done well, hasn't he? He's done well. Oh, he's had a lot. Yeah. Of, a he's lot done well with what he's got. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not wrong. And it is do you think Dan Dan Athworth targets any Newcastle players, Steve? Is there any worry that Dan question. tries to dip his toe back in at Newcastle to bring any likes of Gordon or anything like that over to Man United with him? Possibly, but I think Eddie Howe's the bigger pull. I don't think Dan Ashworth's the pull. Um, you know, Dan Ashworth's a, a sporting director, and in his um, his 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 track record, his CV um, includes hiring Sam Allardyce as England manager. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, he was part of the committee that, that hired Sam Allardyce, uh, who, of course, is unbeaten as England manager. One, yes. one game, and well then a load of controversy. <laughs> um, yep. he, 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 he's not really facilitated any of the bigger, big, big moves at Newcastle. Like I've said, he's only. What, what will his epitaph be at Newcastle? Well, if Goran Kual or. Jan Kuba Minty win the Ballon d'Or or become a 20 goal striker in the Premier League and we end up you know selling them for you know vast amounts of money then you know yeah we'll be able to tip our hat to, to Dan and say you did us a favour but 
he set the women's football team up. He's, he's he's got them he's got them to the position where they're in now, where they're you know they're fully operational. They're selling you know they're selling tickets at the stadium, and you know they'll be hoping to get more than twenty four thousand there again for the for the game against Portsmouth this weekend. Um, but he's not really done anything with the first team, which was his remit. He's not really affected the first team. He had nothing to do with Bruno. He had nothing to do with Botman. You know, two players who you would consider you know good signings over the last few years. Um, I, I just, I think it's overrated. We never used to hear what a, a, about sporting directors in the past, and I think Ashworth came with a big fanfare and a big hurrah. But when you dig into the Brighton situation, there was a lot more done by other people than Ashworth. So, you know, I don't think it's as big a blow for Newcastle. And do I think he'll come back for Newcastle players? Nah, I mean he could try. He could, he, he could certainly highlight X, Y, and Z. He, he'll know, he'll know details about contracts. He'll know. You know what people are getting paid, so you know if it came to it, and you know the Newcastle Newcastle had an offer from Manchester United for a player, then they would know what you know what what kind of money would make a an agent and a player's eyebrows raise. So there's that, I suppose. But you know, it's at the end of the day, people you know pe- people will you know people will make their decisions based on what they feel like is is the best decision. And I'd, Manchester United still isn't an attractive option. I don't think. Um, I don't think it's any more attractive than the Newcastle project. At the no. moment so it wouldn't worry me at all and Daniel has been in touch on whatsapp uh, morning, morning Daniel. Uh, while the glazers are still in charge nothing is going to change for a good while two to three years turnaround don't think so Man United are the tortoise yep. in the chase who are behind the hairs of Man City and Liverpool um, and he's just said Dan Ashworth I struggle to think what he's brought to the table anyway um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's going to be interesting to watch. What I'd like to know I'm, I'm before we go to the news is yeah. where, where yeah. is, where's Miguel Delaney, where's Oliver Holt condemning some of the stuff that that Ratcliffe said yesterday? Where, where are they? Mm. If this had been Aramayan yeah. at Newcastle saying some of the stuff True. that he said yesterday, it would have been it would have been carnage amongst the yeah. nationals. I so I, I think yeah. there's double standards at play because. Uh, you know, c- certain journalists support certain football teams, and I think you know if you're going to be a journalist, you should give you should give equal coverage to to people and call equal people out mm. when 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 things are being said that are what I would say are, are bang out of order and outrageous. Mm. That's a fair really point. good point. Very 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 fair point. Righto, it is time. It is eight a.m. Good morning. Hope your coffee's warm. Your porridge is hot. It's thirty-four degrees here in Australia, so I'm having a cold, ice cold glass oh. of lemonade. Uh, I'm not sorry. No, I am sorry. I wish I was in Middlesbrough. I'm not going to lie. It's my home away from home. Uh, we'll be right back after your news headlines and a short song with plenty more coming up on your Northeast Brecky Show. The red, the tune, the cat weather. A band of rain, locally heavy and squally, will gradually clear eastwards during this morning, becoming drier and brighter with some sunny spells developing in the afternoon. With a few well-scattered showers, temperatures will be near normal, uh, winds will ease and a maximum temperature today of 8 Celsius. Uh, tonight, further scattered showers overnight, locally heavy and turning wintry on the hills. Some dry and clear interludes in between those showers. It's going to be breezy with the frost restricted to high ground or on sheltered rural spots. A minimum temperature tonight of minus one degrees. From Yarm to Yibbe, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast 
with Roy, Steve and Ted. Right across the northeast, the red platoon and the cat. It is the Northeast Footy Brecky, and you can get in touch at any time on the WhatsApp or double three or four three two thousand two. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Paul in my home. Welcome back. Red Rum Club. Oh, Love it. what a good song. Good, good song, Jess. Good yeah. song. Hey? Absolutely. Uh, some good big bands coming up. We've got Hartlepool soon, don't we? I mean, Soundwave coming soon. Oh, yes. That'll be yeah. a big one. That's in the summer as well. Yeah, more details on that coming up very soon as well with yep. regards to that. Yeah, so many great events going on uh, this year across uh, the northeast. We are in such a lucky place. I mean, I know there's you with your 34 degrees, right? Um, I know. Sweating. And, and, I am. And Daniil said, don't rub it in um, the 34 Sorry, degrees. Mate. That is. Sorry, Daniil. Um, Apologies. Yeah, yeah, no, but we, uh, we're we very lucky uh, in this part of the world, some of the amazing Into the Fields, stuff. Into the fields is um, is happening again in uh, Blythe, Meggie's Burn, 26th of May. You mm. can get your tickets on sea tickets. Mm. My band, The Long Sands, are making a, a comeback. Yeah, I saw uh, that, on yeah. That, uh, on, on Sunday, so I'm um, I'm delighted. I'm, I'm still trying to persuade them to do the third album, um, which take, which will take a bit of persuading, by the way. But, uh, yeah, great, I'm looking forward to that. Didn't we have them on the show, Steve? Um, guys no, the no, no, yeah, I think we closer, need to, yeah, closer, should closer, do, closer definitely. Yeah, we'll definitely get the lads on. I think we might have had them on, we might have had them on in, the, in August, you know. Yeah, I, I seem to remember, yeah. Maybe we did, yeah, yeah, maybe we did, maybe we did, but yeah, we'll definitely We've got James get Arthur back. coming back to the riverside as well. Yeah, you know, James, yeah, he's, no, he's, a, he's a fan of mine. Yeah, he's playing your two. He's playing your two. I was down there to see Madonna. If you remember last year, yeah, and he, he, yeah. he sold out your right. two in London. Amazing! Wow. Yeah, well, he's after the. He's in Riverside on June the eighth. I think he's yeah. playing at the Riverside. Yeah, so I think he cool. kicks his tour off I mean, this this month, next month. He's doing a lot of um, arena gigs. Um, yeah, I reckon. Really do well. you reckon he'll he'll announce a new kit? Imagine that he steps onto the Riverside in next season's kit for the Borough. Imagine that, does. Yeah. Oh, heard it here first. Well, do you know what? I it think happens. he did that at Set the big, big weekend. He you did know, do it once. Radio yeah, that's what I'm saying. Weekend. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, he stepped out in the brand new kit. And everyone was like, oh my goodness, you know? So, yeah. Could happen again. Could happen again. Yep. Just saying. Absolutely. Well, welcome back to the Northeast Brecky Show. I hope your coffee is fantastic. Uh, we are here for your next hour as you drive to work. And I hope. It is a safe and not so wet drive out there today. Obviously, be safe on the roads. But we're here for the next hour to keep you company on your drive home uh, to work. We also are on your drive home. Uh, you can listen again on the uh, afternoon shift if you want to, where we get replayed. And also on your podcast, your favorite podcast app, you can always find us uh, just to chew the fat with. If you ever get lonely, trust me, it's never lonely if you hang out with us, I'm telling you. It's time for your club headlines. Newcastle, Middlesbrough and Sunderland. We are going to tell you what's happening for the three clubs this Thursday morning. Magpies and Proud. Mag News. Manchester United's new co-owner, Sir Jim Ratcliffe, has described Newcastle United's decision to place Dan Ashworth on garden and leave as absurd and their £20 million compensation demand as silly. Ratcliffe believes Ashworth is one of top sporting directors in the world and has criticised Newcastle for their approach to negotiations so far. He said he's interested in Manchester United because it's the biggest challenge at the biggest club in the world. It will be different at City because you're maintaining a level. 
here, it's a significant rebuilding job. He'd be a very good addition. He needs to decide if he's going to make that jump. We've had words with Newcastle who would be disappointed. They've done really well since their new ownership. I understand why they'd be disappointed, but you can, can't criticise Dan because it's a transient industry. You can understand why Dan would be interested because it's the ultimate challenge. We'll have to see how it unfolds. What I do think is completely absurd is suggesting a man who's really good at his job sits in his garden for one and a half years. Well, tough, Jim. Uh, Emil Croft insists Eddie Howe played a pivotal role in persuading him to stay at Newcastle United for another year. The right-back has faced an uncertain future in recent months with his contract originally expiring at the end of the season. However, Croft recently put pen to paper on a new St James's Park deal, tying him down for another year on Tyneside. And Wednesday saw Newcastle under-18s play under the lights at Manchester City's impressive and expansive football academy, battling back from a two-goal deficit only to concede twice more in the closing stages. Former City starlet Alfie Harrison, who made an impressive debut, pulled one back after hitting the woodwork, and Darren Palmer pulled the Magpies level. They should have taken the lead through Brayson, but his goal-bound shot was blocked, and goals from City's Muir and Warhurst sealed the points for the home team. That's your Newcastle headlines on Thursday morning. Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Good morning, you beautiful Borough fans. Middlesbrough have agreed to freeze season card prices for the under-18s after continued discussions with supporter groups. Borough Chairman Steve Gibson and other senior members of the club held the latest meeting with supporter groups over the season card price rises which were announced last week by the club. The discussions were said to be open and frank. The conclusion of this latest meeting is that the club has decided to freeze under 18 season ticket prices with any supporter who have already purchased it to be due a refund and the club will be contacting them in due course. Match day prices for under 18s will also be reduced for the 24-25 season by £4 per ticket and it was agreed that going forward the process will involve greater consultation with Middlesbrough Supporter Forum with regards to launch timings, communications and overall pricing structure. And Middlesbrough players have missed a combined total of 189 games so far this season, with only nine players staying injury-free throughout the whole campaign up until this point. Isn't that incredible? A common theme across England's top two divisions, with injuries up roughly 17% on average over the last five years. Borough have suffered as a result of theirs. In 32 game, league games this season so far, there hasn't been a single game in which Michael Carrick has had a full quota of players to choose from. The amount of games missed worked out to be an average of missing six players per game throughout the whole season. Incredible. Uh, and the latest blow to their chances came with the news that both Hayden Hackney and Johnny Housen have both suffered knee injuries with the midfield duo expected to face a significant amount of time on the sidelines. Far out. And Borough fans, you will remember this name quite well. Emmanuel Pogates is set for a return to England under Tom Glasnut, the new Crystal Palace boss. Emmanuel Pogates is coming in as a defensive coach. Where are we? Going to be interested to see Pogger on the sidelines. That's your Borough headlines. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Still wants to come home to England, and while the Premier League is his dream, the highly rated Reims boss would be open to the idea of taking a job in the Championship, which of course is bound to prick the ears of the Sunderland leadership team. I would work for a Championship team without a problem. What I've now understood, I've now realised, is how important people are, and how important finding the right place to be is going to be for my career, and people who understand the way I work, because I'm a bit different, I'm a bit odd sometimes. I reckon you should fit in no bother than will. 
Pierre Equar has occasionally come under criticism for some underwhelming performances this term. However, that hasn't stopped him from applauding the supporters and continuing to praise the club. Speaking to the Sunderland Echo about the fans, Ekwa said, playing for them is brilliant. You can't really put it into words. All the time when it's like 40,000, it was a surprise for me. Every game you're playing in front of 40,000 people and I just find it crazy and so good. Finally, it's thought Jack Clark will be available for selection this weekend. Despite him playing most of the defeat of Birmingham City in discomfort due to a knock to the foot he suffered in the build-up to the opening goal of the game. There had been initial fears that the 15-goal winger could miss some of the action in the next few weeks. However, the Sunderland talisman will be certainly need to be fully fit if Sunderland are to mount a serious challenge for the playoffs this term. There are your Sunderland headlines this Thursday morning. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the North East Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve and Ted. Right across the North East, the Red, the Toon and the Cat. What's up? We've had a WhatsApp what's in this morning. Up? All this, all this chat, you know, about the temperature down there where you are. Um, right. What was it? Was thirty four degrees? Was it thirty four degrees? Yep, thirty four uh, degrees. Well, absolute belter today. We've got someone who's beaten you, right? Uh, oh. Bam has been in touch this morning. He said oh, it's thirty five degrees in Thailand, uh, and he would love oh, wow. to swoop uh, for the good old. Uh, I guess that swap for the good old Teesside weather. Great show as always, guys. Keep up the great work and up the borough from Bam. Thanks, Bam. Yeah, good Thank morning. Thank you, Bam. Thank you, Bam. Enjoy that, mate. I would take the one degree less than you, that's for sure. <laughs> Welcome back to the Northeast Brecky Show. You are joined by Steve, Rye, and Daz on the buttons. Those were your club headlines. And as always, if you have just missed them, you can catch up on the podcast on your favorite podcast app. As we have got a lot to get through uh, for the next hour, so let's kick it off. We've got to talk about a statue. Now, this one's a funny one. A statue of Harry Kane has been hidden in storage since 2019. Can you believe it? So, Waltham Forest Council in the northeast London allocated £7,200 uh, to the, have sculpture made of the footballer. It is a life-size figure and reportedly depicts the striker sitting on a bench. <laughs> now, since it was creation, it has been hidden in storage. It was due to be released in 2020, early 21. Obviously, COVID happened and they couldn't find a home for it. Nobody has returned to try and push for it. And there is just a lifelike statue of Harry Kane sitting in storage in London. Now, Stevie Boy. Just like you and I have uh, got statues sitting around somewhere in storage, uh, such a wee popular figures around the places. How's this of Harry Kane? Not only in storage, but it's also him on a bench. Can you believe it? Yeah, I mean, this is wonderful, isn't it? Um, what a great story. Uh, I'm sure Harry Kane would prefer something a little bit more active as far as the statue is concerned. <laughs> you know, maybe... Re, you know, maybe he's tucking the ball in the bottom of the net, which is something he does on a regular basis, or wheeling away in celebration at scoring a hat-trick. Um, but sitting on a bench, really? Um, I, you know, uh, it's not something he's he's had to do throughout his career. So I'm not sure what kind of bench. Is it a park bench? Is it a, is it a bench in the dugout? <laughs> we don't know. Um, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. I've just sent you the um, headlines, though. So it's, 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 it's interesting. 
it's an absolute it's an absolutely uh, crazy story i mean statues are always you know interesting topics of conversation i mean you know if you if you went and did a poll of middlesbrough sunderland and newcastle fans and said give us your top three people who should have a statue outside the ground then you're always going to have disagreement um harry kane you think would be up there though for, for tottenham being the, the record goal scorer and of course if he comes back to the uk and plays in the premier league he has an opportunity to be the you know the the, the top premier league goal scorer of all time um not the overall top goal scorer of all time that of course goes to jimmy greaves as i like to remind people um but yeah it, it, you know I, I think i think it's bizarre uh it, it sounds like an abstract art piece that would be probably you know suitable <laughs> to go into the baltic uh arts place on uh, the quayside in newcastle but um yeah strange one um straight strange one and, and it, it would be it would certainly be interesting to see it and 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 you know uh, you know this kind of publicity will only will only increase its value i suppose you know as well <laughs> you know you, you you stick things out there to get a bit of publicity and certainly the artist who created it will uh, or the sculpture who created it will will get a bit of publicity out of it but yeah it's uh, i mean it's, it's it's amusing to say the least and maybe even harry will buy it maybe he'll buy it and stick it in his garden for kids to sit on do you think he's done enough, Steve, to deserve a statue? Oh yeah, definitely. There's no doubt about it. Yeah? I mean, the guy's, you know, yeah. The, the the guy is, um, you know, the guy's a legend in in. Oh hello. Oh, have we lost him again? Oh no, no, no! My cohort is just me. Yeah, you've. Yes, you've. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's back. Yeah. You, yeah, for some reason, for some reason, the system actually blocked the microphone off. So what happened there, I don't know. Um, but I was saying, I was saying, as I was rudely cut off in my prime, I was saying, yeah, it's a must. <laughs> you, you haven't done yeah. it again, have you? No. No, no, no you're good. Again. You're good. Um, yeah, from from my perspective, it's a good idea to have you know a statue yep. of Harry Kane. He's he's a he's an England legend and a Spurs legend. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, but like yep. I say, it should it shouldn't be him sitting on a bench, mate. No, it should be him. What about you, Dazzy boy? Uh, a statue uh, that's probably in the works for yourself, uh, me <laughs> and Steve and uh, Teddy boy by Radio Dad one day. Uh, statue of Harry Kane depicted on a bench in storage. Uh, funny there's no picture of it there's no picture of it that's no they're not allowed yeah they're not allowed there's been no photography allowed anywhere near it it is in storage it has been confirmed and obviously the price of it has been confirmed as well but no photography of it has been allowed so what was it commissioned for? funny one because these things are normally commissioned after someone has done something amazing or someone's passed away um now you know he's been a great servant to spurs you know uh, I think he will come so, back and, and... Two Conservative councillors for Chingford's Endlebury Ward approved the life-size figure of the England skipper sitting on a bench. Uh, Waltham Forest Council allocated £7,200 in 2019 and twenty for the sculpture of Kane, who was raised in Chingford and played for the local side Ridgeway Rovers. Right. Uh, councillors Emma Best and Roy Berg intended for the statue to be installed on a platform at Chingford Station. But... It is yet to find a home after Transport for London <laughs> rejected the proposal following a risk assessment. Councillor Best told the local democracy reporting service that she spent hours and hours trying to find a new place for it with stakeholders. 
Miss uh, Best and Councillor Burke previously rejected plans for the statue to be erected in Ridgeway Park for reasons unknown. Chingford resident Trevor Calver stumbled upon the existence of the statue when researching how <laughs> funding for Endlebury Ward was being spent, and voicing his dissatisfaction, he said, I've been trying to find out where it is and who's paying for this stories. It's ridiculous. £7,200 up the swanee. It's a joke, but it's not funny. Uh, despite the uncertainty over the statue, a spokesman for Kane has declared they are hopeful it will be revealed in the near future. They remarked, We're really excited about the statue, and although it's been ongoing since 2019, we feel in the coming months it's the right time to reveal the statue, especially with Harry being England and Tottenham's all-time goalscorer. It is what he deserves. The location yeah. of the statue is really important to us, and like Emma said, we're having some issues at the moment. But when we get it right, we'll be happy to go. So there you go. There's the mm. update on the Harry wow. Kane statue. Stadium of Light, I reckon. Outside the front of Stadium of the Light. Next to Bob's. I reckon Stoke. Teddy would approve of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, or in, between, in between Alan Shearer and Sir Bobby at the um, <laughs> at St James's Park. Because yeah. it could yep. be his final resting place in the Premier League to come home and break the record. Yes. Imagine that. Point. Yeah. You could yep. link back up with Carrick. Why, why, haven't, why haven't Tottenham said they'll have it then? You know, because that, that seems that's like the point. most obvious place yeah. for it to go. Yeah, putting it out of, yeah, you're not wrong, especially at the new stadium there. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they they should, they definitely should be in discussion I, with I it. I just love I mean, the fact that it was supposed to be at the train station, which is lovely, in his hometown and, and all that, and the, and the transport from London have gone, no, no, we're not having that. <laughs> Health and safety. I don't know. What? What? If it's at a train station and it's depicted of him sitting on a bench, is it meant to be him like waiting for a train? Do you reckon he's going to be sitting there bored, like holding a ticket in one hand and like? It doesn't say what kind of bench it is, does it? <laughs> no. Or is it like him waiting to go on? You know, is he sitting there in like a a, a training top, waiting to be subbed on? <laughs> is he in full kit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean he's got stat- the, like, some statues are some statues, of course, are naked. Like Rye is this morning yeah, sitting broadcast. Yeah, you're I mean, not wrong. 30, maybe, yeah, maybe it could degrees. be like a Greek. It could be like a Greek statue with Harry sitting naked on a bench, <laughs> with his with his, with his with his with his with his hand on his chin, looking thoughtful. <laughs> I'm glad he went for I mean, chin. Tell you what. <laughs> the the Bayern move for, for Kane has been. Uh, I mean, it started off great, didn't it, lads? He was he was firing in goals, but Bayern Munich have gone all sorts now. Obviously, uh, moving into what can be the next topic is Tuchel. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, obviously Ooh. the manager gaffer at Bayern Munich, has been let go at the end of the season. Uh, Bayern Munich has decided to part ways through Tuchel uh, after going horribly wrong towards the end. Obviously. He was after that England rebuild there for a bit, wasn't he? Trying to bring Eric Dyer, Harry Kane, and targeting uh, your mate in Kieran Trippier, Stevie boy. Uh, Tuchel obviously being let go by Bayern. It hasn't gone well there. Zabi Alonso uh, has been touted as potentially the new manager. And a lot of rumours are saying, especially coming from Fabrizio Romano on the X, uh, saying that Zabi would actually prefer the move to Bayern than Liverpool. Can you believe that? Uh, Bayern Munich, I know you probably don't keep an eye, too close an eye on this one, Stevie boy, but uh, for Harry Kane's sake, um, he's up for a new manager. It hasn't all worked out well at uh, Bayern Munich for him. Yeah, I mean, a, a managerial money go around, a merry go around, sorry, in the, um, you know, in the summer is something which we're used to. Um, 
you know, this isn't good for Bayern, you know, during the season, having, you know, this kind of talk about the manager, you know, departing, I don't think, it, it, I guess it unsettles. And, you know, the fact that they're, they've, you know, they've fallen into second place in a 2 hours race is, 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 is not being good. I mean, the season's not over. Um, you know, Harry Kane could still have, you know, the, the dream start and, and, and finally, you know, finally win that trophy. But it's, yeah, it's strange. I, I, Tuchel for me goes into the into the bracket of overrated managers. Um, I, I don't think I don't think he's as good as as maybe that people make out he is. Um, clearly a talented coach, but I don't think he's up there with the world's best. And you know I, I don't think he comes anywhere near uh, you know Pep Guardiola or, or, or Jurgen Klopp to be honest. Um, Jose Mourinho, although not had a great deal of success in recent years, is probably still ahead of Tuchel as well. You know, so I, I think there's a lot of hype around Tuchel, um, and you know, uh, you know, I think that you know he's he's had you know two two jobs, two two big jobs in a row. Um, be interesting to see where he ends up. The Alonso thing's interesting. Obviously, there's a there's a you know there's a great deal of. Um, Money, I guess, probably being put on on him coming to to Liverpool because of his connection with the club. Um, but it, managers are as fickle sometimes as footballers, and it, it could be just you know who who who's, who's got the best offer on the table. And I guess if Alonso wants to test himself in what is still the best league in the world, the Premier League, then I don't I, I, I don't think I don't think going to the Bundesliga is something that's going to suit him. It depends what kind of ambition he's got. Um, but Alonso is never going to have another opportunity, I don't think, to come to to Liverpool, a club that he's got a lot of affection for, in, when it's in such a good position. Because you know the, what what Klopp has done before he he walks away. That's indeed if he does walk away, of course, is he's he's managed to turn that you know uh, turn it around. The team the team that won the league was aged and it was aging and was you know was was coming to the end of its sell by date. He managed to get rid of the likes of, you know, Henderson and Milner, etc., who'd been great servants to him, and of course Marnie and Firmino. Uh, Firmino, of course, who struggled massively in the Saudi league, it has to be said. Um, and he's replaced them with, you know, you know, top players, McAllister, World Cup winner, he's, you know, um, Diaz, um, you know, you name it, Jota, um, Nunes. He's 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 basically created a new Liverpool and, and he's mixed age you know older players with youth and Liverpool now has probably got a team which could which which will grow together play together grow together and will last for the next you know probably for the next decade so I would I would say that whoever comes into Liverpool as manager next is going to have a slightly easier job than than he probably would have done had Klopp walked away after after winning you know winning the Premier League and winning the Champions League so yeah it's 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 a big one. We, we, you know, we won't know what's going to happen until you know until the summer. But um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what happens in the the managerial uh, merry-go-round. And, and will Newcastle be involved? Because if there's a new sporting director mm, comes in Newcastle, yeah. what like I've said, like I've said, uh, you know, like I've said a few times on the show, you know, you know, beware, beware of a new sporting director coming in. It could mean it could mean that they want to work with the manager that they want to work with, and you know it could it could we see Eddie Howe at the end of the season, you know, have done well but not qualified for Europe and uh, not won the FA Cup, and could we see you know the Saudis say look thanks for everything you've done but we're gonna we're gonna bring in our new man now you know and you may see a new you may see a new manager come in with a new sporting director in the summer. I wouldn't put it past I wouldn't mm. put it past him. We've seen many things happen at Newcastle um, over yep. the years. 
I wouldn't put that. I wouldn't put. A, wouldn't put a past that, that happening as well. But yeah, interesting summer ahead for managers. I'm, I'm, su- I'm sure. One thing's for certain: yep. we'll not have Steve Bruce. <laughs> Alex no, Bruce he, is free, by the he, way. Now, guys, he's been sacked he, as well. Has he really? Oh no! Where are we? Yeah, well, the the dream pair of Alex and Steve together. Um, so wow. maybe someone out there. Uh, I'm sure their agents will be ringing absolutely everyone and he'll be telling everyone that he's available. Uh, Daz, just before we get to the sports headlines, your, just your quick thoughts. I find it funny that uh, Harry Kane has moved to Bayern Munich in what Steve has rightly said, a two-horse race, and he still can't bring home the silverware. What's going on? The Tottenham curse continues for Harry. 25 goals, top leading goal scorer. But Bayern Munich now looking like they're going to finish second. Yeah, I mean, the irony of all ironies, he goes there in the search of a trophy and that might be the first time in however many years that Bayern don't win a trophy what, they're, don't win it they're, they're, <laughs> they're eight points behind them now I mean I you know there's still plenty of games to play but uh, yeah I mean I, I, I feel a bit sorry for him you know I'm I'm a Kane fan I think what he's done um, you know the, the goals that he scored um, you know he's the, he's the absolute professional um, and yeah he's had you know he's been up and down for England hasn't he but we know what he does, he scores goals um, you know, give him the chances and he'll score, as he continues to do uh, over there um, uh, for me it was always a, a weird decision, him going there um, I don't know what it was I don't know why why he chose to do that, I think staying and, and I hope he does come back And it, you know, I mean Shearer, Shearer's goal scoring record in the, in the Premier League is you know, is clearly you know, within his sights Um you know, I'd love to see him have a good run at that and have a good go at that. Um, so I, I was shocked when he, he's gone over there. But yeah, I'm, if that happens to him, that's going to hurt, hasn't it? If he goes over oh, there and they don't win anything, um, yeah. it, that's got to hurt. And I, yeah, I feel a little bit sorry for him. I know, not, you know, he's not the most popular guy out there, but you know, I think what he's what he's done for football, what he's done for England uh, and for Spurs, um, can't be denied. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't have been in a hurry to to do a statue of the guy, um, <laughs> as uh, as those councillors were. But um, yeah, I I think it, yeah, he, he he must come back. I mean, Steve, you said it earlier. You think he's going to come back, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he will come back. I, I mean, I just think that the, I just think that the, you know, the offer and the opportunity, sorry, to you know, to to win. You know the ultimate prize, which has been the the Premier League's top goal scorer, is is too great to, to knock back. And I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back to Tottenham. Um, I I do believe that they've got first refusal on on bringing him back to you know yeah. bringing him back to the the UK. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But it's not going to be any time soon. And you know the one thing that's happening. You know, statistically, the the Premier League is getting faster. Harry Kane is getting older, and he he will have to adapt his game much like Alan Shearer did in the later part of his career. Um, you know, so Bobby Robson came in and you know got him got him playing with his back to goal, and you know it, it changed it changed things for Alan. He managed to you know managed to get you know get more goals because he changed the way that he played. So Harry Kane's pace, which is something which has been key in, in his performances will will not be the same when he comes back to the Premier League if indeed he does um, so yeah he's not going to find it as easy and you know new managers and stuff all of these kind of things take you, you've got to take into consideration and, and plus 
you know, it's the cost. You know, I mean, Bayern Munich spent uh, you know a hundred million, a hundred million plus on on bringing Harry Kane to the club. Obviously, you know he's going to be he's going to be less to, to to buy him back. But you know what you know what what price Harry Kane in two years' time to, to return to the Premier League? It's it's still not going to be cheap, is it? So you know, could Spurs afford him? Could anybody in the Premier League afford him with 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 FFP? If it's still if it's still as bad as FFP is now, then could anyone afford to bring him back? So lots lots to take into consideration uh, before we think that that he could return. But I'm sure it's something you'd like to do, um, and I'm sure. He's, he has still got his eye on Alan Shearer's record. Mm, it would be interesting to see him come back eventually. That's for very sure. But anyway, we're late for the sports headlines. We do apologise. Let's get to sports headlines before we come back and wrap it up here on the Northeast Brecky Footy Show. Welcome back to the Northeast Brecky Show. Joined by Steve, Daz, and Rye for your Thursday morning. Good morning, lads. It's been a fantastic show so far. We're going to bring you home now as we move towards nine a.m. Sheffield United, lads. Sheffield United, a, a constant uh, team that I keep looking over after our battle last year, Dazzy Boy. is not too all too familiar uh, for the Borough v Sheffield United in the Championship last season. Uh, aren't doing too well under previous Borough manager Chris Wilder. <laughs> I, uh, as you can tell, I have a big fond uh, love for Chris Wilde. (laughs) Now, Sheffield United, lads, this season alone, right? Get this. This is just some of the stats that Sheffield United are doing in the Premier League, right? Sheffield United have conceded five-plus goals in six of the 28 games they have played this season. This is the same amount of times they have had in their previous 774 games. On top of that... It is the largest fine ever seen for a Sheffield United manager when Chris Wilder has been fined £11,500 for the sandwich comment or Sandgate 2024. Lads, oh, Stevie, you're our Premier League guru. Are Sheffield United having an absolute shocker? I mean, but we've seen most of those three championship teams not do the greatest. Maybe Luton's sort of hanging on a little bit there, but... Sheffield United are currently down bottom of the table uh, and the goal difference for them is minus 43. Obviously, Newcastle United went thwomped them uh, at their home just uh, in the earlier in the season as well. What's gone wrong at Sheffield United, mate? Um, the, the, the gap between the Premiership and the Championship is 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 vast. Um, a lot bigger than it was 10 years ago. And it's been a shock to the system for them. Um Nottingham Forest when they came up you know basically replaced their their 11 players that got them promoted with about 20 players um, <laughs> they, they just went they went you know they went you know let's go crazy and, and uh, you know and, and to hell with FFP um, yep. Sheffield United didn't do that they've, they've tried to rely on the players that got them up um, they've had a few injuries and they've struggled and whereas a team gets a bounce you know, when when a new manager comes in, um, Sheffield United are flatlined, and it's always that it's always that story, isn't it? Do you ever go back? Do you go back as a player? Do you go back as a manager? Does it always work? I think I think you know it, it very rarely does, um, unless you've been unless you've had a bad time at a club and you go back. I, I can think of Mark McGee, for example, at Newcastle, um, who had a terrible time in the seventies and then came back in the in the late eighties and, and and almost got Newcastle promoted. Peter Beardsley, he's he's an enigma. He you know he played played at Newcastle twice and was superb twice. But you know, as a manager, KK Kevin Keegan. 
you know, was great the first time round, but then was hampered by Mike Ashley second time round and didn't didn't hang around to to, to you know to, to witness the disaster and and have his reputation tarnished by somebody. So with Wilder, it's it's proved to be the same. He's gone back there and it's it's just not worked out. And we heard that ludicrous sandwich gate situation, which which came up on which was recovered on the show and you know about Premier League, Premier League referee eating whilst he was talking to him and all of that all of that tells you where you're at. You know, it's it's a mess. It's yeah. an absolute mess. And I do feel sorry for Sheffield United because they're not a team I dislike particularly. Uh, the supporters are great. You know, I've been down to Sheffield United a few times and always made to feel welcome. Um, not necessarily made to feel welcome by the the police force down there. I've got to be honest, but uh, <laughs> but the uh, you know the, the you know the, the, the Sheffield United fans deserve a lot better. Um, it was a hard watch, you know obviously euphoric to see your team win it by eight goals but you know it was a hard it was a hard watch and credit to the Sheffield United fans who stayed in the in the stadium that day and watched watched you know that that yeah. team cr- crumble um but that the old day of, reading the book yeah 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 the, the whole the whole um the, the whole season's been a, a, a you know a nightmare for them and um it'll almost feel like you know putting on a comfortable pair of slippers when they drop back into the championship because <laughs> Because they'll, they'll, at least they'll at least they'll rediscover, you know what it's like to win football matches, and that, and that's the thing. A lot of the teams now who come up go straight back down, and you know Sheffield United. It's it's almost it's almost unfair to call them a yo-yo club because there's there's so many yo-yo clubs now. Because like I said right at the right at the start, the gap the gulf between the two divisions is is vast now, and um, Sheffield yeah. United yeah. Sheffield United are proven that you know. Yep. Yeah, that's what do you reckon, mate? Do you think it requires? I mean, obviously, Middlesbrough's hope one day is obviously to be back up there going into the Premier League. Is it a sign that you do have to try and do a Nottingham Forest, as you possibly yep. call it, in dropping that much coin to stay up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at you look at Brighton. Um, you know, as as it, you know, how long ago was it that we were in that playoffs with Brighton and and we went up? Yeah, um, you know, and or how our paths have been different ever since um, yep yeah I mean Forrest have, have, have done a good job um, in, in in their you know and you remember when Forrest went into the Premier League they, they went out and spent 100 million um, you know and had one of the biggest squads going uh, but something has something has happened and they're still there um, you know arguably Steve Cooper did a, a, a brilliant job at, at keeping them uh, you know up and running uh, and, and putting those players together to find the best out of them, I would I would love. For, you know, obviously, we want Borough to get in the Premier League, um, but what surely, what surely the Borough must be doing and Sunderland must be doing as well, and other clubs in the Championship is looking at how um, you know teams like Sheffield United how they're faring with it. You know how they're coping. I mean, this season has been an absolute disaster. The fact that they could do worse than Derby in the Premier League is 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 <laughs> indicative of, of the season that they're having. You know, has it been the investment? Has it been the choice of managers? You know, I, I'm not a Wilder fan. I'll put it out there. I think he's a yes, Stazzy. I think he's an arrogant man. I think um, yes. Uh, I think you know he he had a good run while he was there at uh, Sheffield United before. Um, but you know he got found out at the borough, and he'll get found out here. He's been found out yep. here again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we we don't want to become a yo-yo club. We've we've got to learn yeah. 
you know, yes, from your Brentfords and your Brightons and, uh, you know, and your Forest, those clubs that have, have got in there and stuck around and have made an impact. But we've also got to learn from the Sheffield United as well. Um, and your Burnley, you know, you look at what Burnley did last season. They ripped up the championship um, and then they've gone there and and they're struggling. Um <laughs> You know, I was going to ask: Do you think Wilder will uh, will stick with them if they come down? Well, when they come down, um, will they stick with Wilder? Yeah, I, I mean, it's an interesting question. I, I honestly think I, Wilder's not going to walk. I mean, he's he's loving it, the fact that he's a Premier League manager, and I don't think he gets better than that, does he? He doesn't get another opportunity as a Premier League manager anywhere. I don't think a Premier League team goes and says, "You know what? We need a Chris Wilder." Now he's you saw in the Championship last season. You know, he bounced between Watford. I think he went in there for a few games and he didn't do too much. Um, he didn't do too much there. Um, and now he's done at Sheffield United and it hasn't really worked out for him there either. So, I mean, uh, it, he, I think he knows this is as best as it's going to get um, for him. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, he's probably not going to walk unless pushed. And I think, unfortunately for him, you know, he's probably got a good history there with the, the fans and um, everything going on. But unfortunately, yeah, he's going to be forced out the door of, because you know results are just shocking, and I don't think he's the man to take them back up um, when they bounce back from the championship as well. So, I honestly think they'll go for someone uh, young and hungry again and try and rebuild in the championship. I think they've still got a decent squad, and we'll see that when they come back down next season. Um, but yeah, I don't think that we'll see uh, Chris Wilder in there. I think he'll be pushed out for sure. But lads, it brings me on to my next point, which is a good one. Uh, and I wanted to get, we're kind of getting closer to the end of the season. Now, I say that with only about 15, 16 games remaining. But I wanted to get a feeling of uh, transfers. Obviously, lads, we've seen uh, your, you know, much of the summer signings uh, in our teams now, whether they've worked, whether they haven't worked. And what I want to get from you, lads, we might have to uh, get someone on the WhatsApp or we'll get the lads' thoughts to break down a Sunderland. I want to know from the three Northeast clubs, and we'll start with you, Stevie Boy, uh, and it has to be a player you've signed in this summer. Who was your best summer signing and potentially was your worst summer signing for this summer window just gone? Tonali has to be the worst in the sense that he couldn't play, yeah. um, you know, because you know because of his offences off the pitch. Um, you know that may well change. You know, in August next year, in August this year, when he when he pulls on a black and white shirt again. Um, but it has to be because financially Newcastle spent you know a, a vast amount of their uh, transfer budget on a player that's been unavailable for a year. So that has to be the that has to be the worst. Um, the best one um, I would still say despite the fact that he's been injured is Harvey Barnes um, because in the games he's played he's he's been effective and he was our other star player he you know he's, he's he scored a couple of goals and he makes a difference when he comes on and, and I still think he'll play a big part as as, as time goes on as a, as a Newcastle United player so dead easy for me Tonali has to be the worst mm. um, and despite the fact that he hasn't played many due to the, a, a freak injury uh, Harvey Barnes definitely the, the best but I, I think Tonali will come good I think you know it, it's the old saying isn't it he'll be like a new player when he comes back um, <laughs> well he will be uh, but but I think he will I think he will he will solve the problem that we have in midfield um, and I, I think it'll give Newcastle a big big boost going into the going into the new season. 
What do you reckon, Daz? I'll go to you for Burrow, mate, because yeah. I'm not biased here. Uh, give me Burrow's worst summer signing from the <laughs> summer we've just had and their best summer signing. We had, uh, was it 13 in the end to choose from? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, you could argue Morgan Rogers was a great signing um, mm -hmm. ab about because of what happened... You know, and, yep. and the, from a business point of view, uh, what we got out of that uh, was great. I, I think, in terms of the best, I would I would have to say Vanderberg. Um, you know, he was last summer, wasn't he? <laughs> Just trying yeah, to think. Yeah, he was. Yep. Um, yep. You know, yep. he looks like a he looks like a player. Um, you know, been very impressed with him. You know, he's he's had his moments here and there, but I think. I think we've got a, a real star in our hands here. What, he's 19 or something like that? Yeah, you know, yeah 19 years old. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's probably been the best. I mean, um, Dieng coming in, um, you know, yeah. uh, he's come in and settled really well as a, as a, as a keeper. And obviously, uh, you know, I do think we've missed him. Um, yeah, big time. Uh, while he's been away. Uh, worst? Um, I don't know. Um that's that's really hard to say. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I'm struggling here because <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be rude. Um, no, no, you know, no. You uh, don't have to uh, give us one. You don't have to give us uh, one. I'll jump in. I'm going to be biased here. I'm going to say Sammy Silvera was our best. I think he's obviously just shown one of the best games yeah. he's ever seen yes. against Leicester. I obviously got to announce him, so I am very biased. But Sammy <laughs> Silvera for me being announced in the summer. I think he's a fantastic player for the future. I think, uh, I think honestly, as well, and, uh, and you might write me off here, Borough fans, but Latte Lath has got a lot to prove as well. And don't forget, he was 5.37 million yeah, pounds. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, he was a 5 million pound signing as well. He was probably our most expensive. I think he was our most expensive yeah, was, out there yeah. as well. So um, I know Rav Vandenberg's an easy number one, but just, uh, yeah, I think a thought for Sammy Silvera and, and Latte Lath. And yeah, and as for, as for our worst, well, I mean, you... Did you look at Jamie Jones, the third backup keeper who hasn't played a single game? I mean, 34-year-old, yeah. he probably came in knowing that, though. Uh, do you look at uh, maybe Alex Bangura, who's only played a couple of games and he's been injured more than he has been on that pitch? Obviously, he has shown flashes of what he can do, but unfortunately, injuries have let him down. And only being 24 years old, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, a few too many injuries. Uh, do you look at... Um, you know, Morgan Rogers, you know, you, you I, I, do I flip that? Do I say he, you know, you say he's the best in what he turned into, but is it one of the worst? Because we got, you know, a good player that, you know, left after only six months. So it, it's a good one. What about, oh, we'll go for a collective thought here, lads. What about for Sunderland? Now, Sunderland obviously uh, go for that, uh, that younger sort of uh, player. Uh, and they've obviously had such a, He's an up and down year. Uh, but let's talk about their summer signings. So just to give you a, a thought. So their summer signings uh, for this year were Bradley Dack. <laughs> hey, well, good. He's been. Uh, Nazari Rusin, uh, Jensen Silt, Silt, sorry, uh, Mundell, Romain Mundell, who's just been coming into form just recently. Joe Bellingham, obviously, the young 17-year-old. How could you forget him? Kielder, that left back. He came in in January, though. Mbele, uh, who's their right back. Louis Semedo. Uh, Triantis has gone out on loan. Uh, there's just a few of that who have come in for the Sunderland AFC on the summer window. Steve, I'll start with you. Give us Sunderland's best and potentially worst 
summer signing for this season. You'd have to go through them again because I, I, I mean, I, I do pay attention to Sunderland and Borough on here, but I, I couldn't even. I well, here, couldn't here you even go. With the, it easy play, with, with the exception of playing them once this season, I know absolutely <laughs> nothing about them. The only players that I know Joe Bellingham. are the, right. Okay. You got Joe Bellingham, 17 years old. He moved from Birmingham in a 1.7 million pound move. You got Nazari Rusin, 24 year old striker who has played. A handful of games, £2.5 million. Jensen Sealt, who's not their regular starting centre-back, behind Luke O'Nine and Dan Ballard, he signed for £2 million. Um, you know, that, that's just a few. What, well, just give me, well, what do you I think mean, about Joe be, Bellingham? In the, I feel like what you call her off, um, Big Brother. Um, who is he? Um, that's what I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any of these, I don't know any of these players. Um, I've got, look, Joe Bellingham, he, he plays for the name on the back of his shirt. He doesn't play for the badge. That's all I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> see what I did there? I did. See what I did I there? Did. I see what you did. Jimmy Coppers, are you, you listening? Jimmy Coppers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give us some. Obviously, I've got no idea, man. I've got no idea. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I'm going to say Bradley Dax their worst. He's just come in and on a free transfer, Moggers Golden Boy, and he just has not played at all for them. Yeah. Uh and I think their best, yeah, their best signing for me, um, you'd have to, I mean, I really like Nazari Rusin. I think he's got, a, he was a bulldog against us. And I think yeah. he's got a lot to offer. And his story of what he gave up to leave Ukraine, his family behind in the war uh, going on between over there and stuff like that. And, and to come over and to say that, you know, he, he's coming over to fight for his family's, you know, wealth and all that sort of stuff. Just, yeah, amazing, amazing story behind that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Rusin is their best, and um, and I'm gonna say Bradley Dak is their worst. Do you have any guesses? Or and if you don't, well, well, Azzy boy, what I, about just sum up Job for us? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's the, there's a player in there, isn't there? Um, and yeah. uh, you know he may well go on to to much bigger and brighter things. Um, but you know he's he's he struggled of late, particularly for Sunderland, and you know you've, you've got to you've got to wonder what is it what is it that's making him you know does he think he is better than he is, um, you know, and, and has he found his right position in the team? Because that's the other thing, they've played him all over, um, yep. this season. I mean, interesting you were saying that that Russian. Arushin is uh, is their best. I mean, up until a few weeks ago, he wasn't getting a game. Um, yep. You know, he could arguably be seen as their worst signing because he, he just yeah, he, you're absolutely right. You know, he, he wasn't seen to be getting a game, and and like we've seen with um, with Sammy and and Latilath, uh, the, uh, the Borough, um, and you know these these strikers that came in and, and weren't fancied straight away. Um, you know, give them a run in the team, give them a run out. Uh, give them a go, and you never know what you're going to get. And I think there is something about this 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 Russian Russian kid, however you pronounce it. Um, and yeah, but oh, give him a, give him a run out. You know, give him some. And 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 this is one of the things that I know Ted's gone on about this uh, all season is is not playing with a striker. Um, yeah, you know. I, I think which is wild because they've got strikers. I mean, yeah. Burrow don't, do they? But no. they've got four to choose from. You yeah. know what I mean? And they still seem to not get it right. So yeah. I think I yeah, think wild. there is a player Absolutely in there, um, but whether yeah. there's a consistent enough player in there, I, I don't know. Yep. Good question, well, no, lads. That does us. That does us. Northeast Footy Breakfast Show done for your Thursday morning. We hope you enjoyed 
the breakfast show on your drive to work this morning with your cup of coffee and your warm porridge. Uh, you can always catch us on the podcast if you've missed anything. We will be on the uh, live again through your drive home in a repeat of this morning's show. And we'll be back tomorrow because it's weekend time, which means football Wee. to discuss. Yay. We've got three games to look forward to and talk about. Mike Dodds, how's he going to go at Sunderland? Will Middlesbrough bounce back and keep their run going? It's going to be a big, big show tomorrow. And Teddy Boy will be back as well after we put him on gardening leave as well. Uh, so he'll be back tomorrow. And Daz, you're up next. Yeah, yeah. We've got another fun-packed uh, nonsense uh, mid-morning show this morning. We've got a chat degree. Uh, we've got, uh, we'll keep you up to date with what's happening in the news and the showbiz and what's on the telly. Uh, and we've also got the quiz that is sweeping the nation. Uh, name oh, that theme. Love it. We'll do that just Lovely. after 10 as well. Uh, listen, gents, it's been Excellent. an absolute pleasure as always. Yeah, always. Yeah, well, uh, we battled through it. Yeah, we, we got there. You yeah, too. You mate. both have. Um, How did both of you? Yeah. And uh, you'll be back tomorrow morning with Davy Ladd for more Northeast Footy Brecky. Have a wonderful, wonderful for Thursday. Take care, guys. Thank you, lads. Cheers, Take boys. care. Bye.